I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind. I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind. Yeah. Today is the day I eat crow. Change my mind, Nick. I'm not going to change your mind at all. I've already changed your mind by getting you on a couple of awesome books that I am so excited to talk about. I never thought this day would come, Wes. Yeah, this was uh, – I, I, I'm in agreement with you there. You know, I don't think we're – well, you already have changed my mind, like you said, but uh, we, we agree on that. No, I never thought this day was going to come, um, but I think I am a comic book fan. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's big news. You know, Everybody who who likes this stuff that does not that that watches the movies or watches the shows but doesn't read the books, this is an episode for you more than anything because Wes was uh, could not have been more against reading the books. Yeah, yeah, you know, and now I I feel like I finally earned my right to be um, you know a little little snobby, a um, <laughs> little, little bit stuck up there was like, well as uh, someone who read the books previously, I think they far outweigh the movie adaptations. Uh, but, you know, we're not getting too snobby here. You know, we are talking about comic books here, and we are, of course, talking about episode 61 of the Change My Mind podcast. Uh, Wesley Sykes here, and on the other side of the ether is the Cyclops to my Captain America, Mr. Nick Fryer. Oh, you're going to do me like that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. All right. But, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not about being snobs with this stuff. I mean, they're all awesome. They're great characters. It's just about doing the characters justice. And, and you see now why I love reading the books, too, because it's like – especially with one of the ones we're talking about today that's been kind of turned into a movie form. You see how different it is, and they're both awesome stories. Oh, yeah, and it, and like most books are, you know, they're going to be a little bit more fully fleshed out, fully realized ideas and concepts and, and where uh, people's motivations, character motivations. And, and we'll get into all of that here because uh, we're going to be discussing what is essentially Nick's comic book hour. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a big, big coming out party for Nick here. We're going to be yeah. doing uh, deep dives on the Avengers and X-Men, Avengers versus X-Men comics that came out in 2012. And then, of course, the iconic 2006 uh, Civil War, uh, both of which are available for free on the Marvel Unlimited app. That was my big takeaway from last week's episode mm-hmm. uh, with, with your comic book minute. Yes, and that's through May 4th for everybody who wants to read it. And also, one quick thing, too. I know last time there was some confusion on my end regarding the Captain America story that's available there because yes. I don't know how to read numbers correctly. <laughs> that was Winter Soldier's first appearance, that whole series. I think it's 14 issues, so worth your time. Yeah, and I think the issue was that uh, it came out in 2004. I think we had written down 2014 in our notes. Don't, I, uh, I was the dumbass that did it. Don't do not do that to yourself. <laughs> I was the idiot that can't freaking read numbers, like I said. Well, the there's, no, there's no I in team, Nick, uh, as, as we'll find out here in a little bit. But first, uh, let's go to what's trending now. What is mm-hmm. trending now? So first, the new Tiger King episode, episode came out. When you saw that it was Joel McHale that was in on this, what did you think? So I used to be a Joel McHale fan. Yeah, I liked him on the soup. Um, and that was really where I started. Like, and then and then like I he got me kind of into community when I was watching that show. And now I'm going back and rewatching it. And I just really hate Joel McHale. Yeah, like Joel McHale had to come back on Netflix with with that joke, like the soup, that another type of show like that. It just mm-hmm. wasn't funny. The shtick kind of gets old. He plays the same kind of 
I'm better than you, horny douchebag the whole time. He's like the worst part of community. Right. He's not – my issue is that I get it. He's supposed to not be – like he's supposed to be kind of like not invested in everything like you said because he's better than you and whatnot. But it seems to me like he's not even committed to that. You know what I mean? Maybe that's a little bit too meta. I don't know. Right. But it just right. – I don't, I don't like him. I don't buy him at all. Like it seems very phony to me. So yeah, when I, when we saw I saw this, I was like, eh, why go McHale? And this is uh, much like what we do, right? This is a Skype interview with what Jeff Lowe and his wife. Uh, who are some of the care? Eric Howie. Uh, Eric Staff. Howie uh, Saf, who you were correct in saying he. Um, okay. You were the one that pointed that out. And yeah. then who was it? Uh, Rinky was in there. Uh, what was Jeff Lowe's? Well, not the first husband in the movie uh, docu series. Oh, Finley. Finley was in there. Yeah. And I and Kirkham was the last one. Okay. And I cannot remember who. I feel like we're forgetting who the very first person was. No, you said it. Cowie was. Uh, Eric Cowie was uh, okay. the first one. Oh, yeah. and 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 uh, Josh, right? Uh, what's his name? Josh. Um, Your uh, guy. Yeah, that's right. The yeah. the the campaign guy. Campaign yes. manager. Right. Who I think. Uh, I mean, maybe he was already publicly gay, but he admitted that he was. Uh, Gay oh, on the, okay, in, in the I, I didn't know that either. Okay, so yeah, so we're getting some new re- revelations there. Uh, yes, it sounds like uh, you you watched this. I have not, so uh, oh. spoiler free review. You know, my what, bad. Was this worth my time? Well, no. I, the, I that thing was I such feel a. Like that's not the big bomb that's dropped in all of that. You know, no, it not at all. Morning. It's it's very. It was very much said in passing, and I remember, and I heard it, and I was like, whoa. Same thing with the staff thing, but I figured that's important to note. Uh, yeah. Spoiler free outside of that. There are some interesting little things in there. You see how everybody's kind of um, – I would say everybody's a little bit more buttoned up with with a couple of exceptions. But people try to okay. portray themselves a little bit differently because they know now everybody's watching. Whereas before, I'm getting the impression now we got their true selves and then some of these people, they're just – they're trying to save face wherever they can. Right. But there are a few yeah. who we've talked about that – you would think that you you know you, you maybe liked a little bit more of the docu series. They pull, hold pretty much true to themselves in this. Okay. But right. interesting tidbits thrown in for sure. Definitely. Is is this worth our time? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's Forty minutes. You you they're all quick interviews. He does like he, he, there's no jumping around. It's one person after another after another. And um, I thought they were all at least good interviews. Okay. Yeah, right. Mikhail's, Mikhail's, Mikhail tries to like kind of insert himself sometimes. Not too bad, not as bad as I would have thought. But mm-hmm. they're, I mean, he is fine for the most part. But their con, their content was good. All right, all right. As soon as this is over, as soon as we're done uh, recording this, that's going to be what I'm doing. I have some uh, leftover pizza. I'm going to be be chomping down on, and that, that'll be the rest of my evening there. Cold? Or um, are you going to cook? Are you going to reheat it? No, I'll probably just eat it lukewarm. It's okay. it's easier to shovel in my mouth that way. You know, food yes, is so much better with the uh, bigger bites I take. Lukewarm, cold, hot doesn't matter. It's all good. I don't. It doesn't, pizza's pizza. But anyways, yeah, yes. You got some Mortal Kombat news here? Yeah, so I don't know if anybody, had, everybody had seen this uh, animated show that was coming out, Mortal Kombat, uh, Mortal Kombat Legends: Scorpion's Revenge. It's getting released di- digitally on Tuesday, so the day that this episode is coming out, it'll be April fourteenth. Um, the the synopsis of this: the champions of Outworld and Earthrealm fight to the death in a brutal tournament that determines the fate of Earth. So it sounds like it's just going to be a lot of blood, guts, and, and violence, and you know, tournament and everything. We've talked about that kind of stuff, like uh, Shang Chi 
probably but more violent or blood sport but more violent so I don't know exactly. I didn't see exactly where you can watch it, but I know it's digital. So, I mean, it's it, people will find a way, but I want to make sure it's on everybody's radar in case they're interested. Okay, absolutely. And I have a bit of, uh, well, maybe some breaking news here, um, you know, that I didn't add to the list. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, keep you on the fly here, but you are familiar with uh, Trolls World Tour, I assume. Who isn't? Yep. Uh, so they just had their uh, you know major release on video on demand for twenty bucks, and apparently they've done very very well with their home release, like getting like ten times the expected uh, value of what they were going to pull in on an open weekend. Really? So I yeah, and I, this is kind of on the fly here as I'm looking. Yeah. Um, so I wonder. Um, you know, is this something that you think could be viable for some of the major movie releases? Is this a good sign for movies moving forward if instead of pushing back release dates of, say, some Marvel movies or, I don't know, some other ones uh, that are on the list as well, um, do they risk it and, and take the money that they could get from possibly uh, releasing it on demand? I don't think Marvel it makes any sense because people are going to come see it. They're going to they they want they're in on it. Like it doesn't matter. You can make them wait and they're going to go no matter how much people kick and scream like Ugh, they will go see it. I think with DC they're luckily in a good position that Wonder Woman is the next movie that's going to come out, so people are going to want to see that no matter what too. But I do think for and I'm trying to figure out like w with Trolls what company it's affiliated with. I see that it's on Amazon Prime and Vudu, but I don't know who else it's affiliated with because for somebody that maybe has like um that isn't like a disney or um whatever other streaming service like or other company that has a streaming service maybe it mm -hmm. does make sense then so this is what i'm reading right now from uh, variety.com so it says the universal announced monday that trolls world tour a sequel to the 2016's animated musical landed the biggest debut for a digital release the film took a bold step last weekend in launching on premium video on demand and in a handful of uh, drive-in cinemas, which is interesting, you know? That's uh, drive-in cinemas get, getting a little bit of rebirth. Yeah. Bypassing uh, awesome. a, a traditional run on the big screen since the coronavirus pandemic shut down the movie theaters. Um, yeah, so Fandango now backed up the online benchmark, reporting Monday that Trolls Worldwide generated the best weekend sales in the history of the video on demand streaming services. Although most of the, they're not having numbers. They're not providing numbers right now, which hmm. is uh, disappointing. But um, a little bit of breaking news there, I say, as we're as we're recording here. Yeah, and you know what the other thing is too, Wes. So that's so Universal is supposed to have Peacock, I believe, is the streaming service that's supposed to come out right yeah, in yeah. July, I think it is. Yeah, so sure they don't. Have tape. Yeah. So so it's not out yet. So for someone like them, this makes a little bit of sense, and then people are going to want to entertain their kids and everything. So so maybe movies like this, if there are any other kids type movies, yeah, it makes sense. But I, I would think that adults, I don't know, I, I would wait. On, on something like that like the tenant didn't come out yet right like that no was I, and i think christopher nolan said that he's not going to release it until the theaters open up because he because he tends to make those big you know theatrical That's on true, the true. big screen type movies you know even uh, if it wasn't that though like like this big theatrical thing i still wouldn't do it if i was him just because i think adults will be able to wait yeah you know i i would like that i just want the option you know i want some some good new content rolling out here and i just want i want the the companies to cater to the consumers you know just mm. give me as much stuff as i can get right that's, of that's course you do. at this point uh but 
let's see here. I know it's it's the comic book hour this episode, but is there a comic book minute? We're going kind of like inside of a inside of a stream, inside of a stream sort of thing. This is like Inception or like breaking the sixteen walls or whatever. But yeah. anyways, um, candles, right? It's a good one. Two quick things that I just wanted to make people aware of. One, we're talking about the Marvel Universe app that has everything available to people. They offer one week free before you sign if you sign up, and then you get automatically opted in. Comixology is doing one even better. They're giving you sixty days for free. So with Marvel's app, you get 27,000 free comics at your fingertips. With Comixology, you get 25,000, but it's not just Marvel. There are a lot there are other companies mixed in there as well. Mm -hmm. So some less Marvel, but you're going to get some other stuff as well. Um, so 60 days, and then you can opt out whenever you want to in the course of all that. So you don't get charged if you don't want to. But okay. that's, a pretty, that's a pretty sweet deal. The other thing I just want people to be aware of, you probably saw it on Twitter, but the uh, the we talked about when we had Casey Walsh on last time, the push with the Marvel DC crossover had been hinted before the pandemic. Then when it all started and comics came to a stop, Gail Simone, West's favorite writer, started talking about it, and others brought it up. Um, and I started doing something on Geeks Worldwide where I'm just throwing ideas out there that I think might work. One involves Batman, another one involves Captain America. Um, if you guys are just looking for some different ideas, we're going to be throwing those up there. If you want ideas fleshed out or different mm -hmm. characters, by all means, hit me up on Twitter. But Wes, you read, I think, the Captain America one you said. Are you okay with who I paired him with at least? So here's my question. So do you usually do um, people who are similar or people who are like exact opposites or is mm. it just kind of what you're feeling at this point in time? Or I, it's, I, I think each character is case by case. Um, but uh, I think you're, you're, you're right. You have to do some where they're opposites because mm -hmm. I think certain characters need a little bit more help, even though there's some brand recognition with them. I think we've talked before about Captain America where he hasn't always sold as well. So I want to do something very different with him. Whereas Batman, I'm more curious about who in the Marvel Universe can he go up against mm -hmm. that I would be very interested in seeing. And then there are going to be some ideas that I have that I'll tell you about later off the air that – I'm more focused on pairing some characters up together to fight against a different villain or a different character or whatever, because mm -hmm. I want to see the team aspect as opposed to the the one on one. And okay. then I'll do some bigger ones like we have here, like the Avengers versus X Men. Maybe I'll dabble in something along those lines too. But yeah. So, so this is kind of like uh, just repurposing our two v one segment or our three versus three segment. Uh, and mm -hmm. I, I really love that because the guy that you have paired up with Batman. Um, I love. I just happen to be more familiar with those two characters than uh, understandable that one. Uh, but I think that's great because you know it definitely has me intrigued. There's some you know things that you would like to see when you kind of see these two characters. I think they're this one maybe has a little bit more commonalities to them than mm -hmm. uh, Captain America one. So it's nice. I kind of like that. So yeah, uh, I, I definitely love you. You know, repurposing a an old segment and then kind Thank of uh, making this, this into content. That's what it's about this time. This time, yeah. Exactly. You're right. It is. It is essentially repurposing it because it's trying to figure out. And, and I and I think easy, it's easier for me now where I'm trying to, as opposed to talk about how they fight. It's just like all the stuff kind of around it. Why this makes sense. It's, yeah. I mean, essentially, it's just trying to pitch a story is really what it is. And I, it's it's. I'll tell you what. It's different. It's not like pitching the the stories like that we're used to doing. <laughs> uh, you know, in that in uh, like yeah. as a journalist. Yeah. Exactly. So what? Anything else you want to mention on the comic book? Oh, on uh, comicsology here. Do you know? Mm. Do you happen to know of any uh, good titles that would be on there? Am I putting you on the spot here? 
Yeah, I should have been a little bit more prepared for that, but I know that they have Marvel. I know that they have DC. I know Tim used it, and he was like, "Holy shit, there's a ton of stuff." And I know that they have. A, I know they have a lot. Um, but there will be some Marvel things that aren't there. Just do the math. Um, but I know that it's got a lot of new stuff on there too. Okay. And some some services will wait. Like DC's DC Universe doesn't put all the new stuff up right away always. So I guess right. that would be all I have. Yeah. Well, That's you know, fault, I, so we'll we'll touch on my uh, my deep dive finally uh, into yes. the deep end of of uh, comics here. But you know, <laughs> my, my first introduction to this re- or reintroduction, I should say, uh, has really been on the Marvel side. So you know, pretty soon, I, I think I'm going to have to dive into some Batman titles and and see uh, what, what's nice. going on there with some, with the DC universe. But uh, back into the uh, Marvel world, I guess this is, isn't really the MCU. Uh, we're going to be talking comic books here. This is, of course, Nick's comic book hour. Uh, and we will <laughs> first be diving into uh, 2006 Civil War. Uh, so I think first and foremost, Nick, I owe you an apology for uh, never really listening closely uh, to your comic book minute segments because um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm head over heels now. Yeah, I'm smitten. I'm smitten God. with comic books right now. I am so happy. I'm ha- I'm happy not because not because I'm right like like, not, like it's not like that kind of a thing I'm happy because I was I was the same way I didn't read them for a long time I got back into them because of um, hashtag dork Keith talked about Red Hood I'm like I gotta give him a, a look and I've been getting into the movies more and then it's like wow Red Hood's awesome and then everything else just kind of took off but Batman titles West, we can talk about that sometime I you got to read some of the uh, the White Knight stuff that shit's kick ass but anyways. Okay. All right. Well, definitely. I, I gotta, I'll got. i take a list. You know, I've got a list mm-hmm. growing right now. So, uh, but first, let's dive into Civil War with the synopsis being uh, the plot of a seven-part series following a framework storyline in which the U.S. government passes a Superhero Registration Act, uh, a la the so- Sokovia Accords, ostensibly designed to have superpowered individuals act under official regulation, somewhat akin to law enforcement. However... Superheroes opposed to the act, led by Captain America, find themselves in conflict with those supporting the act, led by Iron Man. With Spider-Man caught up in the middle, the X-Men taking a neutral stance. The superheroes in support of the law, such as Iron Man, Mr. Fantastic, Miss Marvel, uh, become increasingly authoritarian. The the conflict between freedom and security is an underlying theme in the storyline with real-life events and discussions such as the U.S. government's increased surveillance of its citizens serving as a backdrop for the events of the Civil War. Mm -hmm. Did you like it? I absolutely like this. Um, And for everybody who hasn't read this stuff, again, it's all free online now. Spoilers. We have, we're a spoiler podcast. Mm-hmm. You guys should all know this by now. But yes, I liked it a lot. The This is a, a really important story in the grand scheme of all Marvel comics and everything. So you need this like epic artwork. And I and, I, and it had it. And I absolutely loved it. I don't like that for every title. But for me, that was really important with Civil War. And and I think from start to finish, it's, it's great. It's consistent. The fights are awesome. You get a cool mix of characters. And I mean... I'm sure you love how these heroes get pushed to these extreme limits too. Yeah, I'm I'm just pulling up uh, you know some of the the artwork now from uh, on my iPad here, and I really love the artwork. So I read Avengers versus X Men first, um, mm-hmm. and then read Civil War. So th- that's kind of how you know I'm approaching everything. And I was really blown away by the artwork in comparison. It, it really wasn't even co- uh, comparable. I thought Civil War was fantastic, um, but overall, I love the story. 
Um, 91, I've really enjoyed it. You know, coming in, having watched the movie so many times, Captain America Civil War, um, you know, I was expecting certain things to play out certain ways, and it really wasn't uh, that way so much. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if that helped or hurt me going into it, uh, having seen the movie, but I really like this story much better than what Civil War produced, and I thought that was a pretty good movie um, overall. Mm-hmm. But a couple of questions. I think, again, not having read uh, any previous comics leading up to this or really knowing any of the backstories, I was a little bit at a disadvantage, when I, especially when I was going back and kind of rereading some things about it. Hank Pym is Yellow Jacket. You know, yeah. I thought that was kind of, th- and, there, and there was apparently a lot of people as scrolls. Like, I'm not really too familiar with Spider Woman, but she was apparently a scroll in all of this. Yeah, there are some scrolls. There's, there, so the other thing, and real quick, I forgot to give my score. I give this a 94 mm-hmm. out of 100. Um, yeah, so Yellow Jacket, he, Hank Pym was Goliath, Giant Man, Ant Man, in Yellow Jacket, and. And for those who don't know, too, he's the one that created Ultron in the comics, not right. Howard, not Tony Stark and um, and um, what's it, Mark Ruffalo, freaking Bruce, Bruce Banner. Banner. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are there are scrolls mixing into this whole bunch of spinoffs. I mean, that's what happens with all these important titles. I had Punisher War Journal. I might have actually sold that one because I didn't love it. But there's a lot of other stuff. Um, and and yeah, I mean Hank, but Hank Pym being Yellow Jacket, that's just one where. You just haven't read you, – you didn't know because, like, the comics and stuff. But, right. I mean, I'm not a big Ant-Man guy either personally. So um, I think when I first read this, I knew, but it was, like, still weird seeing it for the first time for me. That was my first time, yeah. And, you know, Miss Marvel isn't the same as Captain Marvel. Is that correct? Because you know, she didn't really play a big role in this. And, and I pulled that synopsis straight from Wikipedia. And mm-hmm. you know, she was prominently featured in that. You know, like, she was one of the three people named, I feel like, in that uh, synopsis there. So and I didn't really feel like she was mentioned at all, or like nor she was very powerful. But that, that's not necessarily the same Carol Danvers, is it? No, it it is it is okay. There's somewhere along the way, Miss Marvel became Captain Marvel. Rogue got from the X Men got her powers mm-hmm. from Miss Marvel. I, it's the same Carol Danvers. I just don't know where that happened along the way, okay. where she turned into Captain Marvel instead of Miss Marvel. But that happened, and 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 in if you look at it, that came out in two thousand six. That's been it's been fourteen years since right. then. So there's been a lot of different changes along the way. Um, this is where there are gaps in in my knowledge too. Like Miss Marvel is not someone, or Captain Marvel is not someone I read. I care yeah. more about Rogue, but yeah. And that was did I see right? What- Ven- Venom was drawn in there because it didn't look like the real Ven, you know, the typical Venom I'm used to seeing. I don't know which version of Venom that is, but Venom is that does have different people besides Eddie Brock that he takes control of. There's actually a what if that he um, he was with the Punisher, believe it or not. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, but there, and then Flash Thompson when he's Agent Venom, which you've talked about that before mm-hmm. in uh, Contest of Champions. I don't know who he's bonded with here, but I don't think it was Eddie Brock because obviously he's a very different look. See, I just assumed it was uh, just because like Todd McFarlane wasn't drawing him or anything. You know, mm. that, I thought that would have had something to do with it, but I don't know. I, I guess if he's uh, taken on more than just Eddie Brock before, uh, you know, what do I know? I'm such a novice here, so you're, you're really gonna have to hold my hand through all, all of this. But you know, who who did you side with? Obviously, this this is the Cap versus Iron Man story here. We've talked about this plenty of times. Um, I feel like we know the answer already. I'm not sure why we're even asking this question, <laughs> but. Uh, for the sake of the podcast, well, it's it's Cap, but it's a fair question because this is kind of portrayed a little bit differently. There's a lot more 
darkness to this story, I would say, than uh, than what we see in Civil War. And part of that's the Disneyfication of it, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look at it as don't FBI agents and like I would assume CIA agents too. Isn't that like a thing? They have to keep their identities secret. They can't tell yeah. people, "Hey, I'm in the FBI." To me, that's kind of important. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, who do you side with? Iron Man. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I but you know he. Um, there's so much more to his reasoning. Like I said, you know, every like you get a little bit more time to kind of understand where each character is coming from, um, and I feel like they do a better job of explaining. Uh, where Iron Man is coming from in this more so than uh, where Captain America is. And I feel like Cap is just kind of like flying off the rails. He's like almost like too um, emotional in this. And I feel like everything that I've learned about Cap, at least through the movies, is that he's very, you know, calculated and thinks of both sides and measured. Like even even in Civil War, the movie, you know, you can hear you can see him kind of grappling with the idea a little bit more. Uh, and, and at least having that co- like a, more of a civil conversation, for for lack of a better term. And I feel like that's so much of what Iron Man is in this comic book story, is that you can tell that he really wants to do something that he feels like is for the betterment of not just the Avengers, but uh, the entire country. And, and even that is like fleshed out a little bit more with the Registration Act, right? You get the formation of heroes in all 50 states, the different hero groups, and yeah. getting like money uh regular salaries and pensions and like titles and stuff mm-hmm. um which which you know didn't the movies didn't touch on at all but you know yeah. I, I think it really goes to show how much of an effect um that woman and, and the death of her son i think damien is the name i uh, had yeah. on iron yes. man he wants to add that like humanitarian title to his uh to his list that's exactly what it is, and that's why I have a problem siding with Iron Man and all this. I get it's one woman, and I get it was tough. So what sparked it, for those who don't know, what sparked the um, – obviously in Civil War, the movie, everybody knows that the the um, issues when they were talking about this – that was when – it was – wow, I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, it was, it was uh, when they were talking about the Sokovia Accords, right? And, and, yeah, yeah, and yes. Sokovia. They're, so they're it was the meeting there. Up. That's right. Yeah. So it was the meeting there when Winter Soldier was supposedly behind everything, blah, blah, blah. They have the Sokovia Accords, all this crap, right? It all just takes off from there. In this, it all started with an accident that happened in Stanford where a certain villain um, blew everybody up. And it was like 800 people died, something along those lines. Yeah. Or, and a lot of kids were in that. It was right by an elementary school. Yeah, Nitro so, I think was the, the villain. It was Nitro. You're absolutely right. And the new warriors were the ones who were dealing with, which I was only familiar with. I think it was like Midnight Runner or whatever his name is. Night that Thrasher. Wasn't it. Night Thrasher. Yeah. It's, anyways, anyways, that's where that all started. But he, I, it's still the same thing. Tony Stark is immensely impacted by this one woman in all this. And then he just goes off and, and, and he imposes his will on everybody. And to some extent, I get it being held accountable. But to me, it seems like he's just trying to make up for this mistake. And that's all he cares about is making up for the mistake and not moving past it and still trying to do right. And it's not even his fault in the end. Yeah, no, and I, I agree, but, they, you know, they, he's obviously uh, the leader and, and uh, the financer behind so many of the, the superheroes here. Um, mm. So, you know, I understand where you, you, you go to the top and you hope you get a tr- trickle-down effect there. But, um, I, I mean, I generally just think there there was no compromising with Captain America. You know, they go to that first meeting where, yes, Iron Man kind of stages a fake um, – I don't know if it's like an electrical field fire or whatever, a chemical field fire. Um, 
and just to kind of talk to him and talk things out. Mm-hmm. And Captain America is not there to talk. He throws something on him, you know, that kind yep. of you know screws up with his tech a little bit, and they immediately go to action. And right. not even having the conversation, that, and that's what I couldn't understand. With like, uh, yeah, you know, and I want how much of the blame? Do you, I'm sorry. I said he just wasn't even open to it. How much of the blame do you put on Maria Hill and all that though? Because she set the tone for Cap pretty pretty harshly right she's away. A jerk too. She's very much a jerk. Yeah, I like Colby Smulders uh, so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maria Hill is definitely the Sitwell's different in this too. Obviously he was Hydra in the movies and everything, but yeah, she's she's very much uh, a dick in all this. Now I think that's uh, a good segue here to our power rankings of the biggest dicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think between both of these two uh, comic book series, uh, there were plenty of dicks to go around. Yeah, definitely. When okay. I look at this one, I actually am going to bump Maria Hill up to my number one. She's the worst. Yeah. Uh, number two is uh, the New Warriors because those jackasses got themselves blown up and, and were careless, and they're doing a freaking reality. T- How are you heroes, at, even if you're C-listers, and doing a reality TV show that's just so irresponsible? They sh- those people should be thrown in jail. Um, and then I go Tony, and I go Mr. Fantastic because Mr. Fantastic is always a dick. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm coming to realize too out of all this. So number one, I have I have Captain America. We have some crossovers here, but number one with a bull is Captain America, just because without an un, you just can't talk to the guy. You know, mm-hmm. you can't have a conversation with him. Then then uh, he deserves to get his ass beat, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, number two is the New Warriors because you're you're absolutely right. Uh, they started everything. Um, you know, and, and and the idea of a reality TV show being the demise of uh, society, I think. Uh, it was really coming through loud and clear there. Uh, but the members of, of the New Warriors, uh, Night Thrasher, Namor Rita, who was uh, a cousin of Namor, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, Speedball, and Microbe. So in there case we go. Get those, uh, those out there. I also have Mr. Fantastic on there because he just seems, um, you know, too caught up in his work and, and not very good at his job, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I would think with, with the cyborg Thor, uh, that's kind of a, an issue, right? You think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but right the Goliath the, bites the dust. Uh, Sue Storm, I'm, you know, she's right there too because she leaves <laughs> and then goes and almost has like an affair with uh, with Neymar, and she's like all kind of moving back all over the place. You know, like I, I thought they were supposed to be husband and wife. I thought they were supposed to be Marvel's first family. You know, they don't seem to be very wholesome. Well, that's, I mean, do you, do you fully blame her or, you, I mean, I guess you can put blame on both, but I think that he's the big problem in all this and she didn't act on it, right? Did she? Uh, well, I don't think they showed it. Yeah. No, they, they didn't, they didn't there's always been a Namor thing with her though. I think he's always had a, had feelings for, her. I'm fairly certain of that. Yeah. I think she had feelings for him. She might have a little bit. Yeah. I think that was the big thing. Yeah. Well, well he's also an a-hole as we, as you know, well now. Yes, yes. And, and lastly is Iron Man because, um, you know, he is uh, is always a bit of an asshole. I mean, it's part of what you get with him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you enjoy him being an asshole. Sometimes you don't. But, Wes, who, we see him among your favorite characters, though? Um, yeah, he still was. <laughs> of course he was. Of course yeah. he was. Who else, though? Uh, my favorite characters? Yeah. Uh, n- number one with a bullet, Frank Castle, Punisher. His his uh, entrance uh, into the whole series was amazing. I didn't even mm-hmm. see didn't see it coming at all. Um, so I love that he comes in and saves the day, uh, kills a couple of villains. You know, is not afraid to shoot people, uh, and that's also what I liked about this. The consequences were real. People died. Uh, oh yeah. 
and people were injured too, which is my another big gripe with with Marvel is that they come out of these battles with like no scrape, you know, like their like their jerseys aren't even ripped up, nice breaking <laughs> sweat, like you know, things you you see like uh, Captain America and like some sort of a leg chamber and he's like in some sort of like rehabilitation machine or something. Um, yeah. and everyone's all kind of battered and bruised and like stitched up. Uh, yeah. Spider-Man like, gets his ass beat. Yeah. And even in this and, and Spider-Man getting his ass uh, kicked, you know, you see it's like his face goes into a concussion and his bones are breaking. Like that's kind of what I was talking about when Goo was on the podcast with like the super soldier serum. Mm. Like to what extent are these superpowers granting you immunity to, you know, like right. probably to us humans, but to other enhanced individuals like where your power is kind of equal wouldn't that just mean like i don't know like you'd still break bones i don't don't know fair question the deeper i go into it the more i talk myself out of these sort of things you know yeah yeah yeah. you gotta stop (laughs) i mean but it's it's part of the fun for you you like like looking at it 15 different ways and that's i mean i I do too that's that's why i just read more stories because there's so many ways to look at all this crap um anybody else on your list so yeah, so uh, I had Tony on there and for a lot of the same re- reasons that we talked about why I, I was just on his side to begin with. But also, and this was also kind of a love-hate one, uh, Peter Parker. Um, you know, I just like Spider-Man in general, so I kind of liked seeing him do all that cool stuff. But, you know, real flip-flopper, I can't really get behind that. Um, you know, like I, the guy shows his mask, t- takes it off, you know, releases his whole identity after saying he doesn't. You know, he seems like he's very easily manipulated. Yeah, uh, he is. And he's not like the teenager that you see in in the Marvel, you know, MCU version. Like this guy's married. Uh, my understanding at this point seems yeah, to be he's a, like our age, yeah, a little bit longer in the tooth, and he shouldn't be um, so easily manipulated by Tony Stark. Hey, you you trust him blindly, man. You can't do that. You got to ask yeah. questions. And he yeah, and, yeah. and for such a smart kid, you know, smart guy, didn't Pretty do dumb. that. Pretty dumb. Um, I'm not a big uh fantastic four fan i think that's well documented on this mm-hmm. show but and i'm not a big uh sue storm or a big mr fantastic but i did appreciate sue storm in this because when she went and saved uh, captain america's side i right. was very much appreciative of that and her basically telling reed to hey wake the fuck up let's go like what are you doing i, I appreciated that very much because sometimes you got to do that um cap as much as he could be stubborn and emotional. I like that in him in this. He's he, at the and I love mm-hmm. the development too, to where we get to the end and he's like, "Shit, wow, where did I? How did I get here?" Because it, it is crazy when you like up until at first, it's like that's kind of a disappointing end. But then when I, especially for someone who's on Team Cap, but mm-hmm. then when I look back at it a second time, it's like it is really interesting to see how. He went this all gung ho, and, and as you were saying before, a completely different cap than what you're used to. Whether it be Chris Evans' cap or what we see in the comics, and and now he has let this whole fight consume himself to the point where he's not really Captain America anymore. And it's, I, I thought that was very interesting development uh, on his part. Hercules, when he smashes yes. uh, Metal Thor's face in with with yeah. Mjolnir, Punisher, you brought up that one. That was a good one. And uh, Daredevil, of course, I like. I'm a big Daredevil fan, and he had a good line in the beginning. How he he called it right away. This is the beginning of the end, and then when he gets brought into the neutral zone, and he he says he gives um, Iron Man gets the, the the silver dollar from him, and he goes, "Oh, 31 pieces of silver," and he goes, "Sleep well, Judas." I was like, "Yes!" Yeah. The first time I read it, man, it was like, "Oh my God, Daredevil's such a friggin' badass." 
So yeah, those are my my favorites. Yeah, and I also liked uh, your your little nugget in here that you had at the bottom, how they incorporated real life newspapers, the Boston Globe, the New York Times, the Washington Post, with the Daily Bugle with their headlines as yeah. two uh, men who work in newspapers. I think uh, we definitely enjoyed that. I know yeah, it was that very cool. Did catch my eye as well. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, where did Civil War the movie adapt from to make the movie? Real quick, actually, speaking of the nuggets that you brought up, and it's not in this main story because I looked for it after reading through this. I really tried to find it, but I, it's got to be in one of the other spinoffs. But my brother told me this. So he actually lives in Stanford, Connecticut, mm -hmm. and there's a comic book shop that's actually, I believe now, closed that he went to um, that's actually – the name of it is featured in – one of the stories, one of the spinoffs somewhere. Like, yeah. I don't know what, I don't remember the name. I'd have to ask him, but it's, if anybody goes back and reads any of the spinoffs, I think you can still get them online. It's somewhere mixed in there, like a real life comic book shop. But anyways, uh, what did they take from the movies? Uh, I'm sorry. What did, yeah. What did they take from the movies? Well, obviously we have cap versus Iron Man. The, the disagreement is, um, is fairly the same thing as much as the Sokovia Accords versus the, uh, superhero registration act. Obviously they changed the name. Um, at the end, you see where Cap is fighting Iron Man. Mm -hmm. It looks very similar, almost shot for shot, right? Right. Yeah, With, they definitely did borrow. Yeah, 100%. The woman at the funeral is very much the same thing as Iron Man speaking at. Was it MIT in uh, whatever square he spoke? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he first introduced the barf technology. Right. In the, right, exactly. <laughs> a lot more harassing. Like, I think she spat in his face. In this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's rough. Yeah, and then, but she stays with him all the way to the end, and it's very interesting. I thought I forgot about that um, upon second reading. Uh, and then the other thing was, this is more Winter Soldier stuff, but I felt like when he escaped from Maria Hill at the very beginning, mm -hmm. it seemed very much like Captain America Winter Soldier esque, especially when he jumps out the window like he did right. in the movie. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm missing anything though? No. So you know, I would say. Um... The, the airport scene in Civil War is kind of like the like I said the trap that's set at the uh, the chemical plant um, where you kind of get a neutral safe zone site where you can uh, have your big hero battles without um, you know any any uh, you know casualty outside casualties right so right. I thought that was kind of interesting there um, and then even like you, you know you have them all fighting in the negative zone later on and then cloak and dagger just you know up and takes them up into New York City for like you know, reasons that I don't know, you know, like, I, I don't understand that. I guess they were going to be getting locked up, but I still don't know the reason for that. I maybe, yeah, it was, that was a bad move though. That's, but I mean, that's where cap stopped and everybody kind of stopped with him. What is that? One of the things that you would have like, I'm very curious. What would you have liked to see from the book included in the movie that wasn't there? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just think more heroes, I, I think we're both in agreement of that. Um, of course. I think that that's great. Uh, but even, even getting the villains involved, almost like, uh, uh, the suicide squad type thing, you know, where you're having the thunderbolts and then where you have Jack-o'-lantern and, uh, a couple of, I think bullseyes in there, the sinister six, there's some, some guys are in there as well. Um, so I, I think getting the villains in there to kind of play good guys or anti-heroes, I think that would have been kind of cool all on one side. Mm -hmm. um, and I would have liked to have seen something that they did with Spider-Man announcing his, um, you know, releasing his, his secret identity. They don't really do that in the movie. I think maybe they kind of alluded to it with, with Black Panther. Um, well, they also gave a nod to it in um, Homecoming, too. Remember yeah. when they were going to – yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in in the Civil War, like to to adapt more from that movie, you know, I think to yeah, kind of fair. raise the stakes a little bit, um, mm-hmm. that would have been cool. And, and just death, uh, just more death uh, on that, you know, raising the stakes point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would that would definitely raise the stakes more. Um, because I think the most the craziest it got was War Machine getting paralyzed. Right, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that was it. So the only other thing that I would add that I would have liked in Civil War a little bit more and that I was kind of hoping for was it was more about, for Cap, Bucky and his whole deal that he had to deal with and getting him to safety and then moving on to his objective. Not as much the the Sokovia courts. I would have appreciated that a little bit more if that was his focus on his end. But um, either way, it was still a good movie, and it was still – uh, both of them are obviously different, but let you want ready to move on to the uh, the this the one you liked a little bit more. Well, yeah. So my last question, just to kind of put a bone Civil War for you, is, uh, is, is did we get the movie too early? Hmm. Uh, I think in the in an ideal world, we would have gotten it later. Yeah, I do because you have more heroes. You have, I mean, you don't need the X Men for this, but maybe more villains. Yeah, I, I, I would think so. But when you look at where the MCU was, I think they needed that kind of thing, don't you? Yeah, no, I think it worked out very well, especially considering, you know, you, you kind of got expiring contracts on uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. You, you know, you can only yeah. tell their story with them in the lead for so long. But I, I think I would have liked to seen this a little further down the road so that you have so many more characters involved. You know, you're, you're just introducing Spider-Man and Black Panther in this movie. You know, and, and some of the bigger uh, bit characters like Black Widow and Hawkeye don't really play much of a role or, or kind of inconsequential in the comic books. You know, I would like to see, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more beef uh, to, to my uh, superheroes than. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, we have like Hercules was a cool character in this. Luke Cage was in it right. quite a bit, too. So, yeah, I agree with you. And obviously Thor, Thor wasn't in, in uh, the movie as well. But, you know, like that just kind of shows you how more powerful he was than everyone else at that point. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So you, want, you want to take the synopsis here for uh, Avengers versus X-Men? Yeah. If I can find oh, there, there. We are. Okay. <clears throat> the latest clash between teams is a direct continuation of the house of M conflict. Cyclops and his X-Men have put their faith in a mutant named hope, believing she's the key to restoring the mutant race. But now Cyclops has discovered that Hope has a direct connection to the Phoenix Force. The X-Men and the Avengers will come into conflict when they discover that the Phoenix Force is traveling to Earth to claim Hope as its new host. Cyclops' goal is to use Hope to fulfill her destiny and save the mutant race. Captain America's goal is simply to terminate what he sees as a threat to Earth. Meanwhile, Wolverine and his X-Men are caught in the middle with Wolverine torn between his loyalties to the Avengers and his mutant friends. I think it's a pretty good synopsis. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. And this is what, like a 12 or 13 part series. So a little bit longer of a story than what the uh, Civil War was. Um, and again, just kind of like my initial thoughts on this was, um, I don't know much of the backstory here. So I was kind of left out in the dark, kind of playing catch up on who a lot of the characters were. Overall though, this was my first reintroduction to the comic book world. Mm-hmm. I give it a 94. I loved it. Like I said, you know, I, I told you I would do a little bit of background reading on this for, for this week's episode. And I think um, I got like three issues in and I had to text you and was like, uh, this is like, I got two hard nipples right now. They're, uh, they're yeah. I'm, Emma Frost, like uh, diamond nipples. I was, I was stunned again when I, when I saw that. I was so happy. I'm so happy for you. And it's honestly a great book. This is on When I was in college, 
I remember this series starting and thinking, oh, this looks really cool. I would, if only they did this in a movie. I'm not going to read the book and look at look yeah. at now. And I took I, – I didn't read this until now, so I was reading it with you along the way. Um, I gave it an 85, and I like this a lot. I honestly like it more than I do the um, – than Civil I do War. Civil War. And I, mm-hmm. this kind of art is more my taste, but I think Civil War is a little bit more important. I think – this could become significant, but I think you may have to make changes along the way in the MCU. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. But you get a good amount of action. I think there's some more. I think there's more. Uh, it's pretty much along the same lines of that. But I think Cyclops is his whole story and all this, his, his development and his change, such a different Cyclops than we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that a lot as much as he was. You know, he'll be on our list of a-holes and all this. But, um, but yeah, I thought this was – I thought it was really good. The questions that I was left asking myself after this are part of why I give it an 85 and it's not in the 90 range. But what were your questions you had first? Well, so one of the reasons why I bumped it up so much was uh, before every episode, every issue, they give you a rundown of all the characters involved, which I found extremely helpful, especially considering how many characters were in play here. Mm. Um, and they told you, you know, who would be maybe a little bit more prominently featured uh, in this episode, who was on the middle, who was on the Avengers side, who was crossing back and forth, who had already died uh, in previous issues. So I found that extremely helpful uh, just mm. to kind of get your mind right jumping back in, especially, you know, if you put it back down and pick it back up, uh, you know, a couple of days between issues or something like that. Um, so that that's what what I think really helped. And I wish all comics did that, to be honest with you. And I thought that was going to be the case. I thought so. I I opened up Civil War and was like expecting that to be the same, and I was a little disappointed that that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a, that is a nice touch. That's a good point. I, there are some that do that, and some don't. What I and you bring up the the, the explanation beforehand. Mm-hmm. Some stories will just they like use a page or two as part of the story to tell you. What's going on? It's the character telling you. If you're gonna right. re-summarize things or summarize things, do it the way that they did it in Avengers versus X Men. Or that's the perfect way to do it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like that a lot. Um, so I, I just had a little, like, little bit of things that I didn't get. Again, this is probably from not reading House of M or not having much of a background, kind of coming into this. But uh, the relationship between Scott Summers, Rachel Summers, and Hope Summers. Mm-hmm. So. I forget Rachel Summers, but Hope Summers is supposed to be the mutant messiah. And there's a whole list of uh, books with her and Cable that I actually did read. It wasn't exactly my favorite. Uh, is that read. like his granddaughter? I forget how they're related. I think I think she's related to Cyclops, but I think she's from like a, a different reality uh because that, that's another thing that we run into a little bit let me well, see i'll i can uh because this kind of touches on like your question of how old is hope mm-hmm. uh throughout all this because sometimes i feel like like cyclops is like teaching her like a daughter and then there's other times where, where you think that they would have referenced some sort of like family relationship and it just he seems more cold like they don't really seem to have like that much of a a relationship outside of him just trying to train her yeah, um, I know that. I mean, like, so he, I know that. Uh, sorry, that Cable is Cyclops' son, right? And that's where I, she's like his surrogate daughter. Cable surrogate, like, or he's a surrogate father. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, I always get confused with that. And Rachel Summers is another one too that I, I, I sometimes get confused mixed. And let me see if I can figure out her stuff too. Um, 
But yeah, they're dealing with like alternate universes and stuff like that. You know, like I feel like that's really tough. And you know, someone like Cable who's jumping forwards and backwards in time and is, you know, Scott's son, but is like light years older than him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then also he, so oh. Kate, Kate, Rachel Summers is Cable's half brother. So there's that too, and she's okay. also have brothers with Nate Gray, which is like another universe is. Uh, Cable, so the the, the X Men it gets really confusing, especially yeah. with the Summers family. Oh, and then so, so again with the X Men, uh, Wolverine being the headmaster of the Jean Grey School for the Gifted, uh, which I'm assuming happened after the initial Phoenix uh, Saga, Dark Phoenix Saga. There, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you see, she's yeah. There's been a, there's quite a few changes and everything, and, and and obviously Professor Xavier's not affiliated with the school like he was, right? So. And and he could walk, yeah. Yeah, that one I didn't realize. I, yeah, that one uh, caught me off guard too. Because like I always thought, you know, if he, could, he had the power to control things with his mind, why couldn't he can just control his own mind to walk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that is a good that point. Was, yeah, uh, yeah. But anyways, uh, he did play an important role in all this too. So what, your your question here too, I also agree with. Why does Cyclops live but not the rest of the Phoenix Five? Yeah, they they made it was very confusing. I didn't I didn't quite understand that, and and that's, I mean, is it because Scott had the entire Phoenix in him, and that somehow, and because he gave it up, kind of in a way, like he he allowed it to happen, whereas everybody else didn't, um, like it was stripped from them, or is he in a way kind of released it and mm-hmm. transferred it over to Hope? Uh, I I don't entirely know. And then when when it came to the Hope thing, by the way, my issue was. It's not so. It's like I get where it's confusing with Hope Summers. I've just accepted as I know she's the mutant messiah. I know she's somehow related to Cable, and I didn't really care to ever look into it more than that. Um, but what I what does bug me is artwork, and that like that's important. I really care about yeah. consistency, and I know we had different people mixed in in this project, and that's fine. I get it with these kind of things, but. At points, she's 12. At points, she's 18, 20, 22 years old. I, I don't know what she's supposed to be. Just give me the the, uh, the older one where it's like, okay, it makes sense where she would still get stressed out, but she can kind of make tough decisions, you know? Mm-hmm. Just the artwork was the artwork was a, was a part. That bugged me. That That's the kind of thing, seriously, when I'm reviewing something, I'll dock off five points, like if we're talking on a scale of 100. That well, kills me. I, I think consistency is definitely an issue. I mean, if you were to relate that to a movie and you just had two different actors playing, uh, and, and you know, it didn't really um, uh, uh, define timelines or anything like that, you know, that right. that would be definitely annoying. Right. Um, but but the Phoenix Five looked friggin' kick ass. Oh, I mean, I hate that iteration of Cyclops with him with like the onesie and like having like the overhead mask sort of thing. Like, I kind of liked the X Men animated series, uh, Scott Summers with the hair kind of flowing out. Yeah, exactly what you're holding up there. That's that's kind of how I wanted with like the yellow uh, tri vest thing that he's got going on. This one, I just kind of hate. He kind of looks like a penis. Uh, so when he actually like converted over, I thought mm-hmm. that was awesome. I thought I loved yep. everyone's uniform in there. Although I was a little confused when he first, when he was for, first absorbed the Phoenix power, Phoenix force, he kind of looked like Nova. And of course, Nova has the introduction warning everyone that the Phoenix force is coming in the very beginning. Right. So I, I had to kind of like, like look closely at it and was like, oh, damn. Okay. Oh, okay. That's just him in the, like a different uniform then. Yeah, it is. That is very true. And I also thought he looked very similar to his like Phoenix logo looks just like the Nightwing logo too. Yeah. And he's, he's worn red in the past. I never realized how similar those looked, but yeah, it is a little confusing, but 
I agree. The the Cyclops with a skull cap or whatever is not not our Cyclops at all. No, no. But no, no. this Phoenix Force Cyclops looks friggin' kick ass, and he's also a psycho. A hundred percent. Now uh, brings us to our next point here. Uh, who do you side with, Nick, on this? So I sided with the X Men at the jump because I do understand they're always getting their the shit kicked out of them. It's like here are the heroes. And then there are the X-Men. They're not on the same level as them ever, no matter what. And, and it's, you have some of the X-Men who are Avengers. And to me, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't know. It just They should be on equal playing fields where you don't necessarily have that crossing of streams. Like they just, they work together and it never works out that way. So I understood the frustration, but by the end of it, I mean, it, it becomes Cyclops or the Phoenix Five versus everybody. And, and no one in their right mind is siding with the Phoenix Five. No, and and even throughout all of this, I, I think I was Team Avengers. Um, you know, I understand the X Men's hesitation and not trusting humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, by all means, just given you know knowing a little bit about their backstory and everything like that. But uh, you know, they even realized, and throughout the whole series, they realized that they didn't understand the Phoenix Force and or how to contain it or how to properly use it. You know, they only had a hope of what they thought it was meaning towards and what good it could do for them. Um, so I that I that was my big issue with it. And it seemed to almost reluctantly follow Cyclops's, um, you know, crazy orders. Mm-hmm. Um, no one seemed to keep him in check. It seemed like Magneto sometimes, you know, sometimes Emma Frost would talk to him a little bit, uh, but you know, it, no one really got through to him. No one ever challenged him from the X-Men side to be like, Hey, should we be doing this? Right. Um, Cause some of them, well, like you said, like Emma, she's more worried about doing more than what he's doing. Right. Yeah. And you can start to see all of them kind of get consumed by that dark side a little bit more. And in theory, they start to do some really good things, right? They give free energy for everybody. They make, um, you know, the barren land suddenly filled with water and rainforest and vegetation and everything and clean up all the pollution or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they do some good things, but in theory, right. They're uh, forcing Americans or, or not Americans, but, but humans, humans. Um, to not have, not be armed in case they go rogue. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, they went way too far with this. I mean, it, and that's where, you know, it's, I mean, that's how Fe- the Phoenix works though. It seems like, oh yeah, things are going to work out. Okay. And then she wants more and more and more. And then it's like, worship me. And then mm-hmm. that's where you run into problems and, and no one's going to, no one's going to put up with that shit from, from the Phoenix, especially when the, the uh, mutants are involved. But um, I mean, and that turned all of the Phoenix force into just complete dicks. Yeah. But I would say, I mean, Cyclops was around the longest and he took in so much of the Phoenix force. I can understand why he became such an a-hole, but I I could make the case that Namor was the biggest dick in all this. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. I mean, I I agree. He was a big dick because he's, he's going behind Cyclops back, right? He's talking to Emma. Of course, they have their little thing going on. Namor just wants to get it in wherever he can, right? That's one. Two, yeah. he ha- he was an a-hole in starting this war when it was divvied up into five. The Phoenix Force was divvied up into five. So it should have the least amount of control of you because it's making you more powerful mm-hmm. when you're gaining more, right? So he goes and starts this war with Wakanda and everything. To me, it's just... I feel like Wakanda is not the place to do that with either. Um, so especially like when Storm's husband 
is the king there because they were right. married and at the you know at the start of this at least. So I I thought he was the biggest dick because he's trying to go behind Cyclops back, kind of talking about maybe even overthrowing Cyclops, and then he goes and and starts this shit with with the Avengers with one of his you know allies husbands significant others yeah okay so. i can see and he he came across as a big d-bag throughout all of this but from what i gathered too namor just historically is a big d-bag yes sir it was Definitely. just like a little bit more enhanced like just cranked up to 11 yeah yeah oh yeah everybody was more of a, it was more of a d-bag and by the end of it cyclops was the biggest d-bag like he, he did the worst yeah. shit but relative to how much of the phoenix force was involved for each person right yeah but, you know, I would even say just even before he had the Phoenix Force, Cyclops, I mean, he was pushing magic re- or not magic. Uh, he was pushing uh, uh, hope really hard during training. You know, yeah. I just remember being like, wow, I I always thought he was kind of like a beta. <laughs> you know, I don't know. He's, he's definitely an alpha. See, that's this. I, I think our childhood Cyclops looked a lot better now that we see him, though, as adults. Every medium, it's like he's kind of a dick. You go back and you've gone back and watched some of the animated series, right? Not as much as I probably should have. I should go back and do that. Actually, yeah, I mean, you got time, right? I mean, I, yeah. I would say mix it, mix in a little bit. You'll see, like he's got a little bit of just a punk in him, and I think he is a beta, but he's trying to be an alpha, and that's why he doesn't always come across that well. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, like if if I were to compare this to another, uh, you know, '90s team up group that we enjoy, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I always saw Cyclops as Leonardo. This he's coming across more as like Raphael. Yeah, I, I yeah, and you know what's funny? I, I think it's I honestly think it's like it's Raphael trying to act like he's Leonardo. That's how I see it. That's oh, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. I, I can go with that as well. But you know, I'm just saying, like, you know, Leonardo was always more of like the balanced, mellow leader. Um, and, and like always kind of like just took shit from everybody. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. Cap's not that, not that at all. I mean, sorry. Cyclops is not Cyclops. that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but who else, who else was on your rankings there? So you got, you got Namor, you got Cyclops. Uh, Emma Frost too. I mean, going behind Cyclops back, obviously with Namor, that whole thing. And she's right there too. She's manipulating. Some could argue she's more of a dick than Namor because she's pushing him to go do his thing. And then she's yeah. constantly thinking about just tearing everybody to shreds and she can do it easier than anybody else in all this. Um, but she also gets backstabbed by Cyclops too in the end, which is, so I got to give him the edge over her. Um, yeah, and she's and, you know, and she's definitely conniving. So we have all three on the list so far. I think we have you know four of the same five, but you know she's just like kind of how I view Sue Storm in um, in Civil War. You know she's going around and, and putting ideas in Namor's head and kind of being all flirty. She's apparently with uh, you know Scott Summers and Cyclops, right? They're apparently a thing, mm. and she's going to meet him with Tony Stark, and they're talking about uh, you know their old arrangements and everything that they used to have. Well, that was in that was in Civil War though. Oh, is it, was that all that? Okay. So yes, now, that, that last okay, part so was, that last to... part was. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But, but the other stuff, you're right. Like, but see, I look at, see with Sue Storm, she's playing two different sides of the battle. And I understand, yeah. I understand still how that's conniving, but I support the side that she flip flops over to. Whereas Emma Frost is manipulating Namor to on the same side as her husband or boyfriend, whatever. And like that to me is, I don't know. In my own line of logic, it's more twisted. Yeah, yeah, I get. It. I'm not a big fan of her either way. Uh, I can understand that. You know, Captain America is definitely on this list as well. Even though I side with him mm-hmm. uh, and, th- and this story, as far as that argument is concerned, he's always dicking your mind. 
it, again, you know, I, I see him more like Leonardo. I guess that's how I see those leaders. And he mm-hmm. is like, far more assertive in this um, than, than I thought. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, he did. Like, like kicking out Wolverine out of the plane like that, you know, like that's that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he didn't um, he didn't handle this situation all that well. He didn't. I yeah. agree with you. He's also a dick and all this. I mean, at the end, he, he admits where he was wrong. It's like, how, how does it take you, Captain America, this long to see that? You've known Wolverine for years, too. Right, right. Uh, Do you have anybody else? The last one, and this is like, uh, you know, next tier down, like not even on the same level as the the first three or four that we mentioned, but Magic. Um, you know, she was the worst, the fourth worst of the Phoenix Five. Um, you know, she she's going into limbo. She's doing all this crazy shit with Doctor Doctor Strange and messing him up. You know, uh, um, so I thought I thought her powers were like really cool and everything, but of course, you know, she gets uh, torn to a uh, sibling fight with Colossus, and she's you know seems to be a little bit more uh, consumed by the Dark Phoenix Force than uh, than or Colossus was. Yeah, and that ultimately ends in their both of their demise. Right. Yeah, I definitely would say of the five, Colossus was the one who was not as far gone. I mean, you still couldn't trust them, but I think within the group, if everybody had a like was approaching it like Cyclops, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had the same you know issue that you had in the course of But before we right. get on to who our, our favorite characters were in this story, I'm curious, um, really curious actually with this one. Seven issues for Civil War, 12 issues for yeah. Avengers versus X-Men. Did that bother you either way in terms of the length? Uh, I wanted more from Civil War. You know, I, mm-hmm. I loved uh, having like a fully realized, fleshed out story um, and it, where you can kind of see where everyone's uh, mindset is coming from in this. Of course, you know, you're not worrying about time limits. You're not sitting in one place and, and watching or reading it in one sitting like you would a movie in a movie theater. Um, so like, that's not really that big of a concern for me. And again, I guess it's just how I view, you know, the different sorts of, uh, uh, of media here, right? If I'm just reading it on my phone to, or, you know, on my iPad or something to pass the time, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I like a longer story that way. But if I'm watching it like on a TV screen or something like that, like a show, I want it to be as like, short as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, that, 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 it's easier to step away from the... Um, it's easier to step away from the books. That's one been one of my biggest things. It's like you can kind of yeah. just step away from it and come back whenever you want. It's not, I, I don't know. It's different than TV. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. So I definitely liked, uh, you know, the twelve, thirteen issues as opposed to seven. Hmm. Well, there are there are more Civil War stuff, and obviously there's Civil War two, but I don't think Civil War two right. was received as well. But there's more with that. Um, and maybe it's on Comicsology. I don't know, but it's got to be somewhere. Anyways, I'm going to check um, that out. Yeah. Who were who are your favorite characters in this? Because we had a lot in this one too. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good characters in here. I loved. Uh, I'm probably mispronouncing his name. Le Kuhn. I'd never seen this guy Lee before. Kuhn. Yeah, so he was actually in the Iron Fist series a little bit. So he uh, trained um, the Iron Fist there, Danny Rand, uh, mm-hmm. in, in what is it, Kunlun? Is that is that yeah, the Kunlun? Name? Yeah. So I love that whole kind of like mystic, um, mystic art sort of thing that they incorporated uh, in, and and getting the dragon involved into it, right? Shao Lao, I think is the, uh, the dragon. Yeah. Name. yeah. Um, and having that to be such a big core and even having Tony having to incorporate like that mystic arts with his science because his science didn't work the first time. Um, you know, I, I really love this. So I, I thought he was one of my favorite uh, characters and that surprisingly um, yeah. loved Magneto in this again, kind of playing both sides. Um, you see him, I think in the initial bat, one of the first battles, 
um, him throwing Colossus onto the shield helicarrier mm-hmm. and like just using all that. Like, I love that. I was like, oh, that, that should have, why hasn't that never happened in uh, any of the yeah. movies or anything? That was really uh, cool. Which, you know, I think we're, we're starting to realize that she's <clears throat> one of the more powerful uh, uh, heroes in the MCU, and that's fully realized in this. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, and, then, and then Peter Parker, Spider Man. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That was a really good call, by the way, on the on the the Magneto Colossus thing. I totally forgot about that one. That one was that was a kick ass moment. Um but yeah, Scarlet Witch, just a real quick aside, I was watching that final um the final hour of Endgame with my dad the other day watching the battle and everything, and I'm sitting there thinking, Damn, I don't know who I'd take in a fight between Scarlet Witch and, and Captain Marvel, who's supposed to be Captain Marvel's supposed to be the strongest pr- character in the MCU, right? Or the strongest hero at yeah. least. I don't know because I mean you saw what Scarlet Witch did to Thanos and she could have ended him if she wasn't letting her emotions get involved, you know? So this is this is my thought on it. So I think we don't know we haven't seen uh Carol Danvers uh, uh Captain Marvel's full powers yet, but she is fully powerful. Mm. Right? So like, yeah. it's like we haven't seen Scarlet Witch's uh full powers, but she's not fully there yet either. Like we're going to see that unfold in WandaVision. Right, uh, hopefully, and, and and Doctor Strange too. Right. Uh, I think we're going to see her grow into uh, the most powerful hero. But I think to date, it's probably Captain Marvel. And you got to see a little bit of uh, WandaVision too. He was a dick to her in this. I mean, yeah. I understand shit happened in the past, but like, I, I, I was like, damn, he didn't want no part of her. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Um, when, but when I'm we- there with you on Magneto and Spider Man. I thought they were both <laughs> great in this. I thought, uh, you know, especially with Spider-Man, whenever he's working with uh, with Wolverine early right. on, uh, Iron Man was very good as well. I th- honestly, all the Phoenix, like, I th- in the comics, was so great too. I mean, we, we talk about how the characters look on screen and it's cool, but the, something about the art that just gets me. And this is my kind of art as opposed to that epic stuff in Civil War and the really? Phoenix Five Man. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the, I just don't like the. I'm not a big, I've said it before, I'm not a big event guy, and I like this event, but it just seemed like it didn't take itself too seriously, I guess. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even though it was a kind of a big deal, but the Phoenix Five Man, they all look kick-ass, Namor, Colossus, Magic, especially Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Cyclops, honestly, as much as he was a dick, uh, maybe the biggest in the, the, the story – I really like seeing him like this because you really yeah. get to see him lean into that and, and just lose control. There's no Boy Scout element to him anymore. Like it slips away, and I love that. Right, as opposed to just hating him because he's like such a milk toast. Like you actually, mm. he, he makes you feel something. Right. Yeah, definitely. It, it's exactly yeah. what it is. And then the Storm Black Panther dynamic too, when they get their you know vows and all, then mm-hmm. she's like, "Wait a minute, yeah. you're the high priest. You're the one that did." It. It's like shit. You yeah. now you must have loved it. I honestly, when I read this part, I'm like West has this has to be one of West's favorite parts of the whole book. When you see Hulk get brought into the fray at the very beginning of I, I forget what issue it was. Yeah, I, I was shocked because they did a really good job of leading in, and there is a way like if you kind of zoom in on your iPad, you know, you mm-hmm. can you can see the full page and then kind of scroll down a little bit, um, or you can scroll in and go like panel by panel. And that's yeah. kind of how I was viewing it at that point. And mm-hmm. uh, so it was like a big reveal that they were leading up to it. And, you know, and I was like, who is this going to be? Who is this going to be? Yeah. But then, like he doesn't really 
Am I wrong? Am I misremembering this? But he doesn't really play that big of a role after that. No, the only thing he does is smash the shit out of Emma Stone, though. Yeah. Remember that? He sneaks Emma up Frost. behind her. And then just... I hope not Emma Stone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Emma Frost. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, Emma Frost. He sneaks up behind her and just pulverizes her. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, if people are listening to this and they're going to go read after, I highly recommend reading it the way Wes did. Because I, that's what I did. I, I have this tendency, especially whether it's the, on the iPad or well, doesn't have as much in the iPad, but especially with the hard copies, you you'll have two pages open and then you look at the the, the one on the right and say like, I'm skipping ahead. Shit. Right. Yeah. 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 So Yeah. So I, I that way I, that's one of the best parts about reading on an iPad. It was like um, a, it was almost like a cinematic element because sometimes it would even be like in the same panel but going to like another word bubble like on the mm-hmm. other side of the page. I agree. Um, yeah. it, was like, it almost like moved like kind of in progression with it. So I, th- I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. But that was the thing that the, the Hulk really had two moments. It was the Emma Frost and then him getting brought in. And I thought it was both actually. And he also threw Wolverine too. And I right. love that too. When Wolverine just says to him, throw me as soon as yeah. Professor X gets taken out. Yeah. And then like, like it's going to do anything at this point, dude, come on. He just roasted him. Um, but the other one was, that, yeah, I, I like hope. I think she's mm-hmm. a cool character. When you know, I got I saw her grow up with with Cable in that once in that series that I read, and I've always thought she was a cool character, and she has a very cool look too. I love like the 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 arm wrist wraps and everything. It's very Ray esque. Mm-hmm. I just my issue was just the age. There was just no like, for the most part, she was like twenty or older, but there were just points where she seemed like she was a kid, and I just I'm not here for hope to be a kid not in this story you know what i yeah, mean that, that was kind of my issue with her it just kind of seemed like she was like you know, a little bit whiny and they just kept kind of hiding her and she kept kind of she just kind of had one note it was like you know how come nobody trusts me to be powerful let me see what i can do and then i can't do it oh no i know i can't do it you know mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah and I, yeah who tired yeah you know. but that shit was when she looked younger, I think, too. That's yeah. the other thing. So it, it, it even is more frustrating. And of course, I, I agree with you. Though. That that is that is a bit annoying. But when she gets in that mode, like when her and Scarlet Witch are fighting, it's like, oh, this is why she's the, the mutant messiah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And she gets that dragon punch or whatever it is that, that mm. she does, and that's uh, that's kind of like her big, uh, you know, her big superpower. So yeah, super yeah. cyan almost. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so Wes, this is a tough question so, here. Yeah. You, you want to jump into it first? The best ways that we can incorporate this into the MCU? I can jump into it first. I was going to give you the floor if you want it, though. No, 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 no. I, okay. I'll follow up. I'll clean up. Okay. So I think when you look at all this, they've tried to tell on the big screen, they've tried to tell the Dark Phoenix saga twice. Both instances have been failures. One might have, the second one might have worked out if they didn't rush it. Um, they were at least more in line with what it was supposed to be. But they mm-hmm. just. We talked about it. You guys can listen to that review episode. It was it was fun episode, but miserable movie. I think th- they take this type of story and turn it into an Avengers versus X Men movie, and maybe you have Jean Grey in there and yeah. use her for the Phoenix instead of Hope, sure, and then yep. you're not doing you're doing Dark Phoenix, but you're not Avengers versus X Men is not this like classic story that you have to you know respect to a T. Mm-hmm. And I think that allows for you to still get all these elements mixed in. And then on the Avengers side, you just make some adjustments because you won't, maybe you won't have cap and Iron Man, whatever. But I think yeah. that's kind of what you do. So I, I like that a lot. I think that's a, a really 
you know, almost like a seamless transition of way to incorporate that and, and maybe uh, retcon something that was done horribly, you know, a mm -hmm. couple of times. So I, I really like that a lot. Uh, but again, this is like a tough thing because it's a, you're, you're involving a huge cast of characters yeah. and there already has to be the seeds planted. So I think, uh, and like, it's a lot of characters that haven't really even been fleshed out yet, right? So you don't know who Magic is really. Uh, you don't, you know, you don't really know who Colossus is. Uh, the young Avengers, you know, we didn't mention, I thought Hulkling was awesome. Right. Cause he was in, uh, yep. he kind of played a key role in, in what Hank Pym kind of shifting yep. over. Right. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that makes it kind of issue, but, um, I think, uh, it's, this could be a really interesting way to introduce the X-Men. So whatever, whatever happens, like we were talking about with Casey Walsh on a bonus episode, you know, whether it's the Thanos snap that kind of creates the mutant gene, or what, whatever comes of the Eternals movie with something uh, with the mutant gene kind of sparking there, you start to see all these mutants pop up. And for the first X-Men movie, um, you get all these X-Men together and have almost like an X-Men versus maybe you don't even incorporate the Dark Phoenix story so much, but you have these uh, young heroes who are trying to come up and make a name for themselves. And you have the Avengers here who are like kind of get off my block. We don't trust you sort of thing. Right. And that kind of leads to some sort of conflict that they have. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, no, I, those, I, those I really are like the Dark Phoenix idea, but that was uh this was something I came up with after the fact. So I was I think you were I think either one either one <laughs> I'd probably be satisfied with, honestly, in the grand scheme of things. You just getting the X-Men in the MCU would work well, but I, I, I think um I think this is – this. don't you think this is a story worth telling in the MCU? I think so, yeah, yeah. It's just tough to weave in for my simple mind. It is. It's, <laughs> definitely, it's definitely a challenge because you because you would have – in some ways you would have to do the Dark Phoenix to know what about the Phoenix. But you know th that's the thing that's so good about Marvel is they can go and take a nod to the comics but at the same time still make it their own. Right. And that's that's where they just – they have they, – they, Kevin Feige knows – where to make his minor adjustments. I, and that's why, I mean, you still look at Civil War, you'd like it to be different. You'd like to have more characters, of course, always. But you don't hate Civil War after reading the book, do you? No, no. And again, it's like, you know, I understand the decisions that they made for it because it kind of seems to fit perfectly, obviously, with like the Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier thing coming into it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, it's of course, I would want more heroes and you know, maybe at a different timeline, but it just it just works so well with how they did it. Yeah, you know, it's mm -hmm. hard to argue that. Yeah, I am so glad we got to do this. I'm this, in it. this is so. I'm going to give you so much shit to read. <laughs> I'm going to give you so much Please shit. Do. Yeah, bring it on. Um, but of course, you know, we had the Tiger King, uh, the new Tiger King episode. We had, uh, and you're going to go watch that. We had the books that we're reading mm -hmm. in there. So many more that is out there to read for everybody. Um, what else has been on your mind, Wes? Yeah, so this is tough. So, um, you know, if, if we're talking a little quarantine corner here, uh, you know, of course, Easter Sunday was uh, yesterday. And I had this this little bit of an issue um, where uh, uh, this isn't really Easter Sunday related. It just so happened to be on Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you know Fiber One Bars? Yes. You know, like the, the oats and chocolate ones? I used to eat those all the time. Can't eat them anymore. They make me fart like crazy. Like not, they don't smell. They just, they're just like loud, like, yeah, no, I like understand that changing farts. 
And I used to, for a while, I could eat as many as I want. Then I could only have like maybe two a day if I wanted to. Then mm-hmm. that would really kick in the farts. Now, if I just have one, I got this these crazy farts that were going the whole day. I had Easter dinner. It screwed me up. I've been, I, I feel like Chris Traeger from Parks and Rec, you know, like stop pooping. I've been pooping all day today. <laughs> Let me ask something. Do you, okay. I'm running through our toilet paper supply, like single handedly in just oh, one day. That's a problem. Yeah. Do you, I honestly don't know this, the answer to this question. Do you normally eat healthy? Yeah. Yeah. For the most that's part. That's why. That's why. That's exactly why this is happening. Because because I run into the same problem. I used to do it with Quest bars. I could eat them, you know, a ton of them. And mm-hmm. like I'm talking like three. And then I wouldn't really run into much. Maybe it would clean me out, but that would be it. Then yeah. I just started eating healthier. Those that cleaning out didn't happen as much. Turned into farts more. And then when I would eat like shit, and then I would eat a que- like Quest bars. Then it flushes my system out, and that's exactly what happened to you. Ah, uh, that must have been. Yeah, that could have been it. It's, 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 I, I mean, you're telling me this story. I'm like, he's got to eat, eating healthier than he was when he first started eating fiber one bars. It's the that, only that explanation. Must have been it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm, no, I'm no scientist, but that's from, that's from experience. I'll take your word for it. Uh, the other, the other thing, um, I, I did watch the Dave Chappelle, Mark Twain award special that's on Netflix. Uh, it's about mm-hmm. an hour and a half. I watched that last night. Um, amazing. If you're a Dave Chappelle fan, um, I know a lot of his stuff recently, people kind of come out and say like, Oh, you know, he's saying the same stuff as anyone else. It's not really all that original. It's, I don't really find his topics. It doesn't matter. Like he could talk about anything. That's, right. that's what I love about Dave Chappelle, but it's his delivery. It's the whole package. It's I every agree. perspective of everything that I really love. Um, how and how he one? delivers it. What's that? How new is this one? So this just came out. I just noticed it within the past week. Um, oh. It's not really like a stand-up special. It's about you know he you know it's about him going through a bunch of different clubs and it has a bunch of cutaways and it's a a whole like um, you know event. So they have different guest speakers that are kind of like roasting him, but it's a big <laughs> uh, big thing. So it's it's really cool. You know Neil Brennan, one of the the co-creators of Chappelle shows, on there. Chris Tucker's on there. Uh, Michael Che and Keenan Thompson are on there. You know, uh, Sarah Silverman, John Stewart, a bunch of really good comedians um, sure. who kind of go up there and pay his respects to, uh, you know, the best, the best comedian, stand-up comedian in the biz. Yeah, he's a legend. Huh, I did not know that was out. That's cool. I'm going to have to give that a look. How long is it, you said? About an hour and a half. But again, it's awesome. It's just like, it's definitely worth it. One of those things you just don't even think about the time when yeah. you watch it. Yeah, like yeah. Tiger King. Right. Um, the other thing I've been watching is, and I and I did the six-pack with Goo of the Mac yeah. and Goo podcast. Nice on job, the first by the way. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> could you tell I was a little nervous? No, um, you're good. Oh, good. Um, so we, we talked about season one of Harley Quinn, surprisingly spoiler free. That was not intentional. Um, but we talked about that season two has started on the DC universe app. I have gotten to see the third episode, which will be dropping this Friday coming up. And I have a review dropping on Wednesday for that, but it's a, it's a little bit different than the first season in a good way. This third episode, eh, it's not bad, but it's, um, I think this story is – it's just more of what people want from Harley Quinn through the first mm-hmm. two episodes, I'll say. She's kind of on the warpath is basically what it is. Okay. All so right. I think something you would get behind. It sounds like uh, it was pretty funny too. It sounded like the season was funny overall. At least I thought it was funny. You would have liked the, There's a lot of one-liners I think you'd appreciate and stuff like okay. that. It's yeah, it's 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 not like it, it, like laugh out loud moments but I'm by myself. To me that's a great sign. All right. I like that. So anyways, yeah. 
I think that's it. What, you know, what about next week? You want to do um, want to do Avengers? Uh, the the um, rewatch you Avengers rewatch? rewatch. Yeah. Yes, Who's I think that sounds like. Yeah, you know, I feel like we're gonna burn through all these rewatches while we're on quarantine here. Like, what better time to do it? I think it's a great time to do it, and I think we should. All, this is also a good time to tell everybody else we're not just gonna limit it to Marvel. We're gonna start mixing in DC, Star oh, Wars, yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll mix in other ones too. Maybe we'll maybe we'll start mixing them in after this Avengers one because. Yeah, let's get through Phase One, and then yes. uh, then we'll move on from there. Maybe we'll t- give uh, the MCU a little breather. And maybe we'll mix in some other guests to review those with us too. Who knows? I would love that. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Here. Yeah. Exactly. So keep your eyes peeled. Make sure if you haven't already, right? You guys, if you guys subscribe to our channel, you'll know if we get any guests or if we have anything else special coming up. But yeah, we may have some. Yeah, absolutely. Or give us, you know, an old follow on Twitter at Change My Mind Pod. But until absolutely. then, I, I think uh, we'll be back at our same bad time, same bad place. Yeah.